0: Are you ready? You better get ready. Get
1: ready to dive into the heart of local sports action. Broadcasting live from the heartland of Missouri, welcome to the SEMO Scramble Zemo. on SEMO ESPN. Get set. Because it's time to catch up on the latest local highlights, in-depth analysis, and interviews from the Boot Eagle and beyond. set. Here we go. With your host, Rusty Hendricks and Jess Todd.
2: Good Saturday morning to you, Jess Todd, Rusty Hendricks here in the SEMO Scramble on SEMO ESPN. That's 1220 a.m., five FM and online at SEMOESPN.com. You can also check out the free ESPN app. And, of course, you can go back and listen to the podcast page. We'll have the show up at, you know later on this morning, so you can listen to that after the show is over and listen to past shows as well. So, Jess, how are we doing on this Saturday morning?
3: Oh, it's a good day. It's a good day. Regular season for football and the FCS wraps up. I know it's a little bit of a, of a disappointing end for SEMO, um, but I'm going to be out at uh, the Southern Illinois game today. Oh, we also have another big high school game um, in Illinois as well. Um, I know typically we only kind of deal with Southeast Missouri here. Uh, you mean but, you
2: didn't make the trip to Bryant? <laughs> yeah,
3: it would have been interesting. Bryant's football field is only about a half hour from where I grew up. Nice. So if they had been playing for a district champ or district, listen to me, I'm, I'm caught up in high school realm. Um, if they had been playing for the, the Big South OVC Championship today with a win, um, I there was a good possibility I could have headed out that way and, yeah. and stayed at home for the night. So that would have been really interesting to um, have a, a little bit of a different work setup for the weekend uh, but um, to regardless of the point um, it, it, it's a good day college football is kind of nearing its end and I'm excited to see what unfolds the rest of the way we also had some good high school football which we're going to get into last night um, I don't know it's a good day sun is shining
2: that's right sun's shining a good good day indeed and always a, a good day to be talking about sports and you mentioned it having a good show we're gonna have a Really interesting kind of topic, and I think a lot of people don't know that there is a handful of of schools and teams in the area that actually are involved in eSports, okay? We're going to talk about that. What is eSports? Well, we'll, we'll describe that coming up. We're going to talk to Alex Mays. He heads the uh, eSports program at Sykeston High School at uh, 915, so that'll be a lot of fun. Alex Mays, we'll talk to him about that. And then coming up, uh, hey, your old buddy, Todd Richards, coming up at 930, Jess, so Todd Richards, of KVS Twelve, of course, you guys have worked closely together, and uh, boy, everybody loves Todd.
3: The Todd Duo is yeah. is coming through the airways in a different way today, so I'm excited for it. That is awesome, love it. Two Tods on the same show, we'll we'll take it.
2: All right, so let's open up though. Uh, yesterday, Jess, uh, we saw in high school basketballs. That's actually there was a couple of games that that started and, and just sprinkled around in the area, but. Uh, the class and district assignments are out in basketball for, for boys and girls. You know, I, I wrote down a couple of them that stood out. Probably the biggest one that I noticed was in class six. Cardinal Ritter um, was in class five. They have dominated. They have, they bump up to class six along with Jackson, Lindbergh, Sekman, and then Slew High School. Cardinal Ritter is going to be a load for Jackson. And, you know, they thought Jackson coming off that uh, state Final Four appearance, all right, maybe they can make another run. Uh, Who knows? But, uh, boy, (laughs) tough luck with Cardinal Ritter there in their class. Uh, You have Class 3, District 1, New Madrid, Carruthersville, Portageville. That's a tough district. Um, Class 3, District 2 with Charleston, Saxony, Kelly, Notre Dame, Scott City, Valley Catholic, and Woodland. And then Class 5, District 1, probably the best team in the area, and we'll probably talk about that in future shows. But the Sykeston Bulldogs expect to have a really big year. Class 5, District 1, along with Cape Central once again, Popper Bluff, Festus, Hillsboro. That's going to be a fun district as well, and the boys. And then the girls, uh, Delta's had a strong run, Jess, over the last several years in Class 1, and they have another, uh, you know, favorable district with St. Paul Lutheran, Oak Ridge, Scott County Central. Class 3, District 2 in girls with Saxony, Scott City, Kelly, and Woodland. And Notre Dame expected to have a solid season. They have a favorable district district in Class 4, District 1. Sykeston, Cape, Farmington, North County, Hillsboro in Class 5. And then Jackson, Bluff, Lindbergh, uh, Sekman Fox in Class 6. So any any of those stand out to you, Jess, as uh, you see them? I think
3: there's kind of – I don't know if any of the, the district's um, kind of um, assignments or anything that, that really sticks out on the page necessarily i think it's all somewhat what we expected i don't think there's any crazy curveballs that we saw coming like if we had new madrid get bumped up to class four or something like that that would have really been something that everybody turned some heads like why why is that happening i know they won the state State championship last year but um the moving them up that much um for example um with the school population that they have would have Uh, really turn some heads and and pose some questions but I think it's all kind of right where uh, we were expecting I think there's a lot of different storylines that are um, interesting to me with with all the different teams I mean we start on the boys side with New Madrid coming off the state championship they return almost the entire team so that'll be really fun to watch Dontre Jenkins the new head coach there at New Madrid this year exactly so that They're going to be a force to be reckoned with, that's for sure. How does Charleston respond after losing a bunch of seniors and P.J. Farmer? It will be really interesting to see Jeremy Brinkmeyer in his first year as head coach at Notre Dame. By the way, Notre Dame, they were in Class 4. They dropped down to Class 3 this year in the boys. Scott City also has a new uh, person on the basketball court, Kobe Watson, transferred from – um, a Kentucky school. His family moved um, back in over the winter of last year, so he didn't um, get really into the Scott City athletic scene until the spring. And then all of a sudden, he helped the Rams win the district championship in baseball. Uh, he got hurt early in the football season. Uh, he's about six six, a really long, athletic kid that they lined up on the outside. Jim May was really happy to have him on the football field, um, and he really started clicking for them down the stretch when he got healthy. So. Um, Mark Dannemarle was talking about how he adds this element of size and length that they just haven't had in recent yeah. years. He can also shoot it really well from the outside. So he'll be really fun to keep an eye on. Sykeston, as you mentioned, with, with all the talent that they have. Uh, Don Trez Williams just uh, made his commitment to Abilene Christian of the Division One level. Uh, so uh, congratulations to him. Jackson could be in some trouble. Uh, yeah. Last night, Blaine Harris got hurt in football. Mm. He hurt his arm pretty bad. Um, I don't know how serious it was, but they were taking his shoulder pads off and treating it like it could have been um, a serious arm injury. So if he misses a substantial amount of time going into basketball, uh, that will be problematic. So I uh, hope all the best to him. And, and that's not something that's crazy serious. Um, it, it it didn't look good last night. So. Um, thoughts to him. And then for the girls' side, yeah, Delta loading up again. Presley wow. Holwig and uh, and the squad over there—they're going to be back at it with the knee pads. <laughs> and David Heeb's going to have them going. Uh, one thing that I, I always love about them, and and Coach Heeb is saying that the practices for them are harder than the games because the way that he puts them out there, um, he doesn't necessarily run them through tough drills. He makes them go out and scrimmage against each other, and the losers have to run. Uh, how, by however many points, I think they have to run as many suicides or full courts as points that they lose by. And a lot of times, what he'll do is he'll line the starters up against um, like the second stringers of the the JV girls, and he'll hamstring the starters. So he'll basically say only so and so can shoot, so that the, the second string girls just put five people on her, <laughs> and uh, and they make it go. So they have a lot of uh, they got a lot of fun. That that's a lot. Of, they're always something interesting to to keep an eye on, especially with the the holiday tournament coming up. They've they've made some noise the last couple of years, that's so right. excited to see them come up. Uh, Mallory Barks and Woodland in Class Three District Two, and don't sleep on them. They'll be really interesting, and with the Rubles at Notre Dame, not a single <laughs> senior on their roster, but they're going to be good. <laughs> there, yeah, the Bulldogs will be a lot of fun too. So, I think that's that. Like I said, it's a lot more about the storylines. I think. Coming into the season with with so many different things, if Southeast Missouri is takes pride in their basketball. That's for sure. So it's going to be a lot of fun this season.
2: And I will say this too, uh, and the boys for Cape Central coming off you know, such a great season. Of course, they lose Cam Williams and some guys. You know, they have big hopes coming into this season. Latroy McIntosh, uh, Marquel Murray, but those two guys injured. So for Cape Central, uh, they're going to have to weather the storm, especially early on in the season with some injuries and. And we'll see how that affects him throughout this year. So that's a storyline we'll follow as well. But, again, still a lot of talent there at Cape Central, so that'll be fun.
3: Yeah, and Jay Reynolds also signed um, yes. his commitment Simo. to Semo. So he's going to be playing with his dad, uh, J.R., who's an assistant on the Red Hawks staff, starting next year. So really cool story for, for them to be able to come together at the Division One level, too.
2: So a couple of scores that I
3: did see from last night. These were the beginning of the
2: regular season, so most teams don't begin until another week or so. But in uh, the boys, Cooter defeated Marquand 82-26 to last night. And then in the girls, Bloomfield 62-16 to over Charleston. All right, we're going to switch gears just for a moment before we get to Alex Mays. Again, talking to him about uh, the Sykeston Esports program here in about five minutes. But, but Jess also... In Major League Baseball, yesterday they had the deadline for the non-tender players, okay? You had your last opportunity to to tender some of these guys a a contract um, that are eligible for arbitration, right? So the Cardinals decided to non-tender, meaning not signing them, uh, basically releasing them as free agents. Four different players, Dakota Hudson, a right-handed pitcher, right-handed pitcher, Jake Woodford, Andrew Kisner, and then Juan Yepes. So the 40-man roster now down to 36 for the Cardinals. The biggest surprise probably is El Capitan and Andrew Kisner. He was a guy that he was uh, the backup catcher for the Cardinals over the past few seasons. He's been with the Cardinals for quite some time. And really his probably his best year in his career came last year. Um, so, a little bit of surprise there. Cardinals probably saved somewhere around that $2.5 million range in Andrew Kisner. And then Juan Yepes. Okay, two years ago, Jess, the Cardinals were in the playoffs. The, the only guy to score some runs for the Cardinals in game one of their series against the Philadelphia Phillies, Juan Yepes. He had a home run in that game and ended up uh, playing some valuable uh, innings there in the playoffs just two years ago in his rookie season. So, Juan Yepes also, the Cardinals obviously decided they didn't have a place for him, decided to non-tender him. So those are kind of the two biggest guys that uh, maybe a little bit of a head scratcher there with Kisner, but that kind of leads the way to Ivan Herrera, a big uh, catching prospect for the Cardinals. He did see some time last year as well, and he's a guy that's now projected to be the the full-time backup uh, behind Wilson Contreras there for the Cardinals. And probably the biggest thing what this shows for the Cardinals gives a an indication or a clue into what they might do this offseason. They've talked about, look, they've got to get pitching. Pitching, pitching, pitching is what John Moselech said, right, Jess? So it frees up some money. It frees up some spots. So Dakota Hudson, Jake Wood- Woodford were both kind of depth guys. So it's saying, okay, we feel like that we can, number one, either we need those spots to kind of fill some other guys or we need some of that money as well uh, to help with some some contracts. But also, too, you probably feel more comfortable with having some of your younger guys that you could have on minimum contracts, such as prospects and Michael McGreevy, Gordon Grosefo, TK Roby, maybe even Connor Thomas. So, those are some guys you could maybe see coming up this year, providing time at the back end of the rotation or in the bullpen. And then again, um, you know, saving some money with your catcher position as well with Andrew Kisner. So, I don't know what stood out to you for that, uh, Jess. It's going to be an interesting offseason for the Cardinals, that's for sure.
3: I think it is just the kids are – I don't think we saw very much from Dakota Hudson and Jake Woodford this year that was going to breed confidence for, oh, yeah, we got to bring them back. So uh, that really wasn't too surprising, I don't think, at least for most Cardinals aficionados (laughs) out there. Um, There was so much talk about we need to make the Wilson Contreras thing work after – I I don't think it's – I don't think it's not fair to say a disappointing first season for him – um in a Cardinals uniform, so uh maybe they're just trying to breed some confidence in him and get him going, just saying, Hey, uh, we need you to step up here. <laughs> you're 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 gonna be our franchise catcher, that's why we signed you to this deal. So that that could be it. But I don't think yeah, like I said, I don't think there's anything too surprising and it gives them some flexibility to to make some moves. So yeah. that's what they needed to do and uh we everybody was calling for it and at least they've set the table for it, so uh, we'll see what, what what they can do from here. You know, actually, if you know if you look at Wilson Contreras' numbers over his career compared
2: to last year, Jess, it was the same. I mean, you look at his numbers; it was pretty well the same. So, you know, as Cardinal fans or as the Cardinals' front office, if you didn't like what Wilson Contreras did last year, you know, again, he had obviously the beginning of the season was was tough, not only for him uh, struggling at the plate, but also just with the whole kind of circus surrounding. Uh, his catching position but again his final numbers was pretty much at his career norm and so if you didn't like what he what he brought to the table then you shouldn't have signed him in the first place but again uh, uh, I think he'll be all right but it it does show that hey there was a little bit of chatter at the end of the year maybe you could try to pursue Wilson Contreras in a trade maybe you could try to you know push him to a full-time DH or even get some outfield time that was Another thing thrown out there, but I think it shows that look, this guy is going to be the main catcher. He's still going to get some time there, but Ivan Herrera is going to be playing a lot of time, and they obviously believe in him. Another guy before we we head to break, Jess, who's currently on the forty-man roster, James Nell, for the St. Louis Cardinals. So he is on the forty-man roster currently. We'll see if that uh, remains. Okay, um, we'll see if that remains, but uh, that's good to see, and hopefully James Nell will be able to stick with the Cardinals and continue his uh, major league career.
3: They're going to DFM. Let's just please not do it on his, on his birthday. birthday. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's all we ask from <laughs> southeast Missouri. No kidding. Please don't do it to our guy again.
2: <laughs> all right. Well, Jess, interesting uh, topic coming up. We're going to talk a
3: little eSports. Are you, are you a gamer? Are you a gamer guy? Not really. Um, but I respect it because it's not – something that's easy to be good at a lot of people play it but not many people are like great at it so i'm really excited for this interview with uh with alex mays coming up all right we'll
2: talk to him coming up next again he heads the sykeston high school esports program again stay with us you're listening to the semo scramble on semo espn Back into the SEMO scramble here on SEMO ESPN radio. Jess Todd, Rusty Hendricks, and we're happy to be joined here on the SEMO ESPN hotline by Alex Mays of the sykeston Esports Program. And I guess, first of all, Alex, what is your official title? Kind of take us into the realm of esports and how that has been going there at Saxton
0: Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. I guess, officially, um, I'm the quote head coach, but we have two other coaches that work with me and we all kind of head up our own games. And so we all have some head coaching duties. Uh, this is a brand new program for us at Sykeston where in our first full year, we started in the spring semester of last year after we got uh, approval from the board of education in December. And over the summer we purchased 10 gaming PCs and gaming monitors and kind of dove in with both feet to get this year started off. Right.
2: well, Take us into how the fall season went. I know that the uh, you had different you know groups with the Super Smash Brothers, Ultimate Solos, Rocket League, and Overwatch 2 were some of the competitions this year. And then Overwatch finished third in regionals, first in regular season play, second in the SEMO Invitational. Rocket League also finished second in the SEMO Invitational. So you, you had some success this year. Just take us uh, back to that, uh, that season in the fall.
0: Absolutely. Um, yeah, so we'll start with Overwatch. We uh, we held tryouts back in the late part of August. Uh, like every other sport at the high school, we are a varsity and a JV um, split, and so we have a varsity team, and that too goes and competes at our St. Dominic tournament and the SEMO Invitational. Um, they Man, they did really, really well throughout the season. Uh, they didn't take their first loss until like week four or five of the season, and they held their momentum all the way through. Took second place at the SEMO uh, Invitational. We lost to Fox. Uh, at Arnold at SEMO, and then we turned around and played him again in the playoffs two weeks later, and that is who we lost to in the playoffs. So Fox is going to state, and we're kind of sitting on the outside looking in, but it's given us some, some bulletin board material for next year for sure. And then we've got Rocket League, who played very, very well against some very competitive teams, took second at SEMO as well. Uh, they kind of faltered right when we hit the playoffs, so I think they finished either fourth or fifth in the region. But in our first year, I'm still super happy about that. With Super Smash Brothers, we had one student who qualified for the top eight in the region, and then the top four go to state. So he missed out on that as well. But overall, for our first year, our first full semester, I consider this a huge success.
3: Well, Alex, esports, I feel like, is something that the, the sports world isn't as familiar with, it's, it's kind of something that's newer under the scene for the national stage. So for people who may not be as aware of kind of how it all works, uh, would you be able to just kind of take us through kind of the way that competitions work, um, how practice kind of boils down, and, and stuff like that, just to, to give us an idea of, of that world that you guys are in?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, at its core and kind of in the simplest terms, esports is competitive video gaming. Um And to some people, that's a huge turnoff, and they don't see the appeal in it. And, you know, that's kind of the old adage of you're just wasting your time playing video games. But with eSports, we're giving these kids a chance to participate in an event through that's a school-sponsored event. We're hopefully going to be Misha-sanctioned next year uh, as a way to be on teams and build that teamwork and communication and represent the school in a completely new way. For our season, we'll take Overwatch as the main one we're going to talk about. Um, we play, we have a quote unquote esports arena, which is really just one of my assistant coaches' classrooms there at the high school. And that's where all of our 10 PCs are set up. And uh, Overwatch practices Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And then every Thursday is when our varsity has their game or has the season just ended. And so what happens is we communicate with the coaches from the schools that we're playing. Uh, we set up a lobby within the game, which is which, where one team kind of hosts an arena and the other team joins it, and then we pick our characters, and we have a captain for each game. Our captain is like, okay, here's our game plan. Here's what we're going to do, and then the game starts. We're competing from Sykeston against teams in St. Louis and Kansas City and Springfield, Columbia, um, and then for the in-person, obviously, like at SEMO, we were in the university center. Uh, We were All the gaming rooms were downstairs. We competed at St. Dominic's High School back in October, and that was a really cool experience. A lot of our students are not participating in other sports, and so they didn't even know that St. Dominic's existed really. And so for them to have a chance to go up to St. Louis and see this huge program, I think they had 30 PCs and like five PS5s and all kinds of stuff, and for them to see what esports can look like on a major level really, really inspired them to want to get better, so maybe we can be that school that people look at and go, man, we wish we had that kind
3: of stuff too. That's awesome. And, and I'm curious, for practices, uh, most people when they sit down, if they're not in competitive gaming, they're just kind of turning on their consoles and, and hopping on and they're just playing. How do you kind of go about focusing on different things and, and working on different things and boiling down practice plans? And how does that work uh, for the for, for your guys' team.
0: Yeah, so a lot of kind of my role as a coach or Ryan Lindsay, who is our Overwatch coach, or Jacob Darden, who's our Rocket League coach, we spend a lot of the week um scouting and doing video review of the teams that we're going to play, just like football, basketball. And so we will then break that down with our captains. We'll sit there and be like, Okay, we noticed them doing this, we noticed them doing this because Everybody pretty much streams on YouTube or Twitch or something, so we have access to all of these games that they've already played. And so when we sit down with our captains, who are these kids are more knowledgeable about these games than we are, you know, and we're doing this because we, we want to be involved and we want these kids to have a place, but they wipe the floor with us anytime we try to sit down and play with them. And so we always want to make sure that they're involved. And then when we're watching these videos and these reviews of these teams that we're playing, they'll take notes. They'll notice what characters they're playing. They'll notice what kind of, um, like what kind of sets they're running and who their team is made up of. And then we've even kind of, it's an unofficial partnership, but I'll call it a partnership with the Simo esports team to where they will come and practice with our kids and they'll be like, okay, you guys are doing this really well, but you need to work on this and you guys need to do this and your communication is really good here. But when this person gets taken out, then, you know, somebody else needs to pick that slack up. And so our practices are very geared toward whoever we are facing that week, just like we would do in football.
2: That is really cool. And also, Coach, uh, I want to touch on, you again, this, you talk about the fall season, but the winter season coming up, you had 28 rostered students for fall. You told me that you were hoping to, to get around maybe 30 for the winter. Um, so talk about how, you know, this will continue out not for the rest of the year and different semesters, and also is this co-ed as well? Yes,
0: it is co-ed. Um, so far, every team that we've put out, every varsity team, every JV team has had bo- both boys and girls on it. Um, we have girls in leadership positions and, you know, there's some of, I'll tell you, the Fox team has a couple of female students on their Overwatch team that are just incredible. And so our students have now reached out to Ben to be like, Hey, it's the off season. Let's work together. Um, you know, we can help you, you can help us and let's try to be the top two teams in the state. And that, that camaraderie is one thing that I think is missing in some other high school sports that is really, really prominent in high school esports. And I think that's super, super cool. For team selection, we have tryouts, just like every other um, sport at the high school. We designate certain days. The, the tryouts actually happened uh, this previous week. We did our roster announcements yesterday. We met with every student. We told them if they made JV, if they made varsity, or if, you know, hey, you got to work on these things, and we want to see you back next year, and We've got jerseys. They're the coolest jerseys on the campus. Uh, We hand them a jersey if they make the team. And then, you know, we go fall just wrapped up. Winter starts week after next because of the holiday. It runs all the way through the first week of February. That's when finals are. And then spring picks up uh, that next week is when the preseason starts for the spring season.
3: Well, Alex, I guess one other thing that I wanted to ask, you mentioned earlier about Twitch. I feel like with – the ability to see these um, big streaming platforms now, it has really opened a window into esports that a lot of people didn't realize was there before. This is something where um, this is one of the biggest audiences for any sport because it's international. People are watching. Um, You could sit down and watch somebody that's streaming in China, streaming in Japan, streaming in Europe somewhere, Um, and and the audiences for this are, are really unprecedented, and we're really seeing that with the way that some universities here are offering full rides now at the college level. So I'm curious yeah. how your take on all of it has kind of seen the the growth of this going. Is this really exploding?
0: It is exploding a lot quicker than I thought that it would. One thing, when we sat down with our athletic director, Dr. Frank Staple, um, last summer, Ryan Lindsay and I, I'm the summer school principal, Ryan Lindsay for the high school, and Ryan Lindsay is kind of the summer school superintendent, and so we work really closely over the summer. And so we started kind of hatching this plan a couple years ago. We sat down with Dr. Staple, and he was like, I don't think you guys realize how big of a program you're about to start. And he wasn't kidding. (laughs) For our informational meeting, we had over 100 kids in one classroom that were interested in competing in some way, shape, or form this year. On a national and global level, it's nuts. Mizzou is offering full rides. Um, Ohio State is offering full rides. Maryville is the top-ranked esports college in the country right now. They're, like, four-time national champions. It, it is nuts the kind of opportunities that video games are, can open doors for for these kids.
2: That is really cool. And, you know, you, you mentioned, too, Alex, uh, that you know, you, you uh, also had two in-person competitions but also have competed against a couple other local schools, San Gen, uh, Cape Central as yeah. well. Just, uh, man, just how much fun are you having as a coach? What are you seeing, the, the growth, and how, how big is as far as, you know, we talk about team sports at a whole. It's, it's a lot about just building um, life lessons and chemistry among one another and friendships, and are you seeing that through this program as well?
0: Oh, absolutely. You know, one of the cool things about eSports, and one of the reasons why we started it was to give these kids who want to be involved in the school but maybe are not, don't think they're athletic enough to play football or baseball or volleyball, and but they enjoy playing video games so we started this to give them a place to feel included within our school community and one thing that i've noticed really this year is i've just kind of sat back and watched is kids from different quote-unquote cliques are involved in this and now we're seeing those kids branch out into other groups in the high school and we're starting to see these kids who normally wouldn't probably interact with each other are texting each other and they're hanging out at school and they're eating lunch together and they're Going out to dinner after practice and it's just building these really strong friendships and relationships that in turn, when we go to these in-person events, they're building these relationships with these kids from St. Dominic's and these kids from Christian Brothers and these kids from Cape and St. Jen. And it is esports has turned into really this huge supportive community. And I think that that is nothing but a positive for esports moving forward.
2: Well, it's pretty awesome, Alex, what you guys are doing down there in Sykeston, and obviously having some success, and hopefully you can continue to do so. So, uh, really, really appreciate the time and helping to explain things to us. And I know that a lot of listeners out there are, are very intrigued, like we are. So, uh, very cool what's going on, and like you said, hopefully soon, Misha will also, uh, you know, have it as a sanctioned sport. And you know, you see, you know, different schools popping up around the state with the uh, with the esports programs
0: absolutely that you know that's the ultimate goal is let's get this as normalized in high schools as basketball and football
2: are all right well alex again appreciate the time good luck uh in the winter and then in the spring and we'll talk to you maybe down the road excellent sounds great thanks for having me on guys you bet thank you all right alex mays again of sykeston esports
3: that was pretty cool jess it's not every day that you get to kind of dive um into into the world of it so um, whenever somebody has the passion for it, especially a program like Sykeson that is new, and you hear about the growth that they're getting and what they're trying to do with the inclusivity of the whole thing, it, it's it's so cool. So um, you're just kind of peeling back the layers and, and hearing uh, the growth of it and how it's all coming together is is really an awesome story.
2: And again, basically in a nutshell, it is competitive video gaming, and you know that's obviously a, a, been a huge trend uh, for a lot of young kids. They that's a big craze a lot of young kids enjoy that Of course I grew up um, kind of on the onset of a lot of that that gaming I know you did too Jess and of course every pretty much every kid at some point in their childhood is, is going to be playing video games you know and spending time with friends and doing that so to be able to compete and do that you know maybe at the next level at the high school level and just continue to build
3: relationships with your fellow uh, fellow peers and, and friends and teammates that, that's pretty cool. And just to hear how it's bringing people from Sykeston and from the SEMO team together, too, with the, the partnership that's not really a partnership, but it's a partnership, as Alex kind of alluded to. Just the way that it's bringing so many different people together from different places is is, is awesome. All right. Well, thanks again to Alex Mays of Sykeston Esports. Hey, we're going to
2: talk to uh, our buddy Todd Richards. Todd Richards is coming up next. We're going to dive into uh, high school football action of course. Uh, A couple of games last night uh, in the state playoffs here in Missouri. A couple more games going on uh, here today. We'll get into uh, some SEMO sports and maybe a little college, other college sports as well. So stay with us. Todd Richards of KFES 12 will join us next. No scramble here on SEMO ESPN Radio. Jess Todd, Rusty Hendricks, and we're happy to be joined on the hotline, the phone hotline here on CMO ESPN with KFES 12's own Todd Richards. Todd, how's it going?
4: Pretty good, Rusty. Uh, good to be with you guys. And uh, we have a history. Uh, obviously, uh, we go back a ways. And uh, I, I actually started working, of course, with your sister, Christy, who's a, a Hall of Famer in my mind, and you're right <laughs> up there with her. And then, Jess, uh, what more can I say about that crazy man? He is uh, one of a kind as well. Uh, another Hall of Famer that I worked side-by-side with for the past couple of years. So, hey, I'm ready to roll for you guys, whatever you need.
2: Well, we appreciate the kind words. And uh, really, the only Hall of Famer right now on air is you, Todd.
4: Well, thank you, Rusty. I'll, I'll take that with me. How's that?
2: All right. And then... Uh, we're going to dive in a lot of different topics here. It's going to be fun. Uh, again, like you said, we have a lot of history, so it's basically just friends here talking uh, some sports, and that's what it's all about here on the SEMO Scramble. But I want to get in first, uh, talk about a little high school football. Obviously, a couple of huge games last night. In Class 1, we saw a district championship for the St. Saint, Saint Vincent winning over Crystal City, 45-14. to 14. And then in Class 6, we saw CBC travel to the pit in Jackson. I know that uh, you, we had some coverage there, and that was a lot of fun. 35-23, to 23, though, as CBC getting the victory, so uh, Jackson ending their season. But uh, I want to dive into those two games first before we talk about some of the other games going on today, Todd. So uh, what, did, what was your takeaway from those two games? And I know, again, a pretty good season in year one for Head Coach Ryan Nesbitt at Jackson.
4: Absolutely, and I, I think whenever you look at, at a, a situation, it's a building process, and I know that they, they, Coach Eckley already had that program built to an extremely high level, but when you bring in a new coach like Coach Nesbitt, it's a process, and I I was shocked at how fast that process was moving along throughout the season. Obviously, an opening game lost. A lot of people were worrying a little bit, and then they just got better and better, and were playing at such a high level uh, but again, when we talk about the process, and then the the injury to Adrian Fox, of course, the the fine senior quarterback, then you bring in a guy like Drew Parsons in front of the biggest stage that you could almost imagine, bigger than a lot of quarterbacks seeing at various colleges. They don't play ever play in an atmosphere like that, and he's playing against D1 type players. Um, it's a process, and and that goes with a lot of the players, and there's no doubt. Uh, but they'll grow from this, they'll get better from it, and next year there won't be a quarterfinal in their mind, or even a semifinal. I think they'll be thinking a state championship all the way, and certainly they'll have the weapons with it. They'll have a year under their coach, uh, so I think that uh, in that circumstance, I don't, I don't see any other negatives, other than the fact that it hurts with some some turnovers and things. You can always go back and look and say, hey, wait a minute, you know, we could have done this, we could have done that. But, again, I think that that is a, a growing process, uh, and I think that it happens with any program that takes it to the next level. And certainly that was the case with Jackson, but what a future, right?
3: Todd, man, you got to see it last night, live in person uh, at the Pit for the Atmosphere. I'm curious. You've obviously seen a lot of, uh, of high school football in your time covering sports. Is the Pit the best high school atmosphere you've ever seen?
4: You know, when I think of it right off the top of my head, Jess, I can't think of anything better. There was a high school in when I worked in Evansville, Indiana, that was called what was Wright's High School. It was right in the city of Evansville uh, on the west side. It was a a real close-knit city, very similar to Jackson. Um, it, It was pretty funny, and Wright's, all the homes were like almost right next to each other. It was all tucked in this neighborhood. And it was a real similar type situation, uh, but it, I, I could not put that ahead of Jackson. The Pit in Jackson, I still see as a you know is a is a top uh, certainly uh, uh, stadium for football for high school. The amount of fans, the the craziness, getting there early, and also in Mount Carmel, Illinois, there there's a, a stadium called they call it the Snake Pit, and it's a tremendous atmosphere. But again, I would put Jackson uh, certainly off the top. Just thinking uh, as number one.
2: Well, also, you know, Todd, there's going to be some other awesome games going on today. So some Saturday afternoon action as Cape Central travel, travels to Eureka. Uh, we have Valley Catholic at uh, Lift for Life, and then Portageville at Marionville. So, what are kind of your thoughts on on those games? And you feel like uh, this area can be well represented with some W's?
4: Absolutely, Rusty, and I do want to mention uh, before I get into those a little bit about. Um, the job because you mentioned it before, and i didn't certainly didn't want to go over at the uh, the St Vincent win yep. uh, last night and the job that uh, Tim Schumer has done, I just wanted to cover that really quickly and I'll move on to the others but the the job that he has done with St Vincent is exceptional uh they play good solid football christian Schaff, their quarterback. Um, and it's a really good team. And, and here they're looking at, what, another win? Uh, and then they could be playing for the state title. Obviously, they get the winner of that, the game that we're about to move on to now, which will be very difficult uh, in Portageville and Marionville. But, uh, you know, the the job that, uh, that he's done there, I wanted to commend him uh, certainly there as we move on to that game in the Class 1 uh, District 1 championship matchup today. And, and certainly uh, Ian Penrod is just one of a kind, kind of a gem over there at Portageville. Uh, when Jeff did the story earlier today, you could just see the players oozing with confidence and the love for the game. And when you get a high school program, especially the smaller and you move up really at any level, it all starts the coach, the enthusiasm, the preparation, the weight room. And that guy is something special. You could just hear him talk, the organization, complete control. And when you get players like, you know, Mason Adams leading the way, Jamarion Smith, just a, a you know, a, a D1 type running back there, Bo Hunter Warren, this team is also one in other sports as well. They have just that that kind of that one-of-a-kind senior type class as they go into this game. So I would not want to bet against Portageville other than being undefeated. I don't know a ton about Marionville, but when you get an undefeated team and rank that high in the state, uh, that's quite impressive. So, Uh, We'll see how it plays out. Marionville gets home field advantage. So you just never know with these games. You get this far in state and teams you're unaware of, nothing surprises me. So we'll wait and see what happens there. And speaking of uh, nothing surprises me, how about Cape Central? You know, obviously Kent Gibbs, a very patient coach. Uh, The thing that struck me this week when I talked to him out at practice, he said, now wait a minute. Um, You know, what happened is we had a lot of injuries. We had to put the guys in the right places. To figure everything out. And I, you know, I think that, you know, he's done that. He's got what he's wanted. They're healthier. They got the players in the right positions. And it seems like after that Jackson game, they literally just, you know, they took off. You know, they, they, they've won what, uh, seven straight since that 50 to nothing loss. And then you got that Thunder Lightning combo and Keyshawn Boyd, Zaire Thomas. I remember watching Zaire Thomas. My son was involved in the Mean Machine Football League. You, you're, well, you're familiar with that certainly. And uh, Zaire was a little tiny, tiny, tiny guy, very young. And he was extremely talented uh, back then. And he always had a smile on his face. He still does. And what a great attitude and what a great player, just a junior. And then Keyshawn Boyd. So what, what that running game does is what they're going to do. But Eureka is certainly uh, no joke. But I would, and you never bet against Cape Central. You just don't know what they're going to do. So they're going to roll into that one with a lot of momentum.
3: Is there a better time of year, Todd?
4: Uh, no, uh, I, I would definitely say not. Um, you know, you're excited on Fridays. Uh, we'll be checking scores today from high school, college football across the board. Um, and then, of course, the NFL rolls in uh, tomorrow. I don't think there's anything better than, than right now uh, for, for sports. You know, obviously, March Madness is tremendous, but this is it, man. This is everything going on at once. these the best of the best, the best time for college, and then we get into the, obviously, in the Sundays they're getting into the biggest time of the year as well.
3: You mentioned the Sundays. You you got a chance to go out to the West Coast last week with uh, with your wife to visit some family and take in a Lions game in person, a crazy one at that. Walk us through it. I know uh, I, had to, I had you on as Fan of the Week on Sunday. I knew <laughs> that you guys were cheering in the stands. Uh, but just kind of give us a sense of what that was like and getting to see SoFi Stadium, obviously something that's new in the NFL world.
4: Yeah, I'll tell you what. Um, It all started, my brother called me after I went and visited my sister. It's like tied my whole family together. I visited my sister. Um, She lives in Birmingham, but Allen Park, Michigan is where the Detroit Lions have their training camp. So we stayed with my sister and and her her family. I took my two sons on that trip with me, and we had a wonderful family time. I got to tell you a side story. They the Lions hold their training camp in Allen Park, Michigan. And that's where my grandparents uh, were. It's just like down the road. So I grew up all those years as a little kid, um, you know, with my grandparents and and the Lions training camps right there in Allen Park. So it all started with that. Then shortly after that, I think my brother was jealous. I didn't visit him. He's in LA. And um, they had a place in Ventura beach is where he's he's at where we visit him. But you know, uh, he, uh, he called, he said, you're coming to the Lions game. I got tickets, make it happen. I said, well, okay, well, let me see what I could do. So I checked it out. Uh, um, Our boss, you know, uh, Roger C., was nice enough to let me go, and Jess was good enough to to fill in that day. So here we go, the road trip to L.A., and I thought, man, here we go. It's a lot of flying, a lot of driving. But we went out there, and there's all these Lions fans out there, packed in by the end zone side is where we're at, just a little off to the side. And one guy was so excited as the game got started, this Lions fan, he kind of leaped up and down on his seat. I've never seen it happen. His whole – stadium seat smashed down to the ground you get the idea the atmosphere it was probably 60 to 40 as far as the split lions compared to uh, chargers fans and it was just an amazing game maybe the best I've seen certainly of a professional type of game back and forth and you have to remember I've been a lifelong lions fan uh, suffering since I was a little tiny kid sitting in the back seat of the car when the game was on the radio just waiting for him to lose and to watch the lions find a way to win and be with all those Lions fans out there together. And we've been suffering for, I'm telling you, 10, 20, 30, 40, for some people, 50, 60 years that were there. It was all different ages. And uh, it was a, a once-in-a-lifetime. You know, I may never go through another venue like that. You never know. Maybe I will. But uh, it was quite amazing. And that SoFi Stadium is uh, the graphics inside. It's so nice and what they do is it's like they don't, they don't, it's kind of unusual. You can't really, it's not a dome, but they have like a top up there. And so it kind of keeps the sun and everything shielded. It's quite different. Did you have a voice afterwards is what I want to know. Well, here's what happened. Uh, My, my, I looked at my brother and I looked at my wife and I said, if I keep yelling, like I'm yelling, I better be careful here. But I got to tell you, um, I looked at the end and that last picture you had on me, Jess, like I was, like I had too many, uh, you know, some sort of beverages, but I didn't, I didn't drink one, one adult beverage. It was all a water throughout the whole game, but I was so excited. It just sports does that to us, doesn't it? it, Absolutely. Hey, it, it,
2: it does. And also I know that you're a big Michigan fan. I'm, I'm a Michigan fan as well. And obviously there's been a lot of controversy there at the university of Michigan. I won't, I won't have you delve into that, but, uh, of course, you know, that'll make Jess happy, of course. But, uh, <laughs> But I, I do want to ask you about the college football playoff. Kind of, what are you thinking for that? Uh, how big of a shot does Michigan have? Do you think it could be Georgia? It could be Ohio State. Maybe Washington, Oregon. I don't know. What do you, what do you think about the college football playoff and how that kind of sets up here the last couple of weeks of the year?
4: Well, first of all, Georgia, without my, without any doubt in my mind, not because necessarily the talent level isn't what it's been, but I put them number one until somebody can beat them. And with a guy like that, Brock Bowers who's been out, you saw that in the Missouri game, they still found a way to beat them. They're just a rock-solid team. They're going to play you. They, they barely snuck by, of course, Ohio State in that national championship uh, game, but to me they just look rock-solid, and I'm not going to go past them at one. Beyond that, I think it's just a mixed bag. Michigan, certainly the talent level, uh, boy, on, on both sides of the football, I don't think they've played their best game at all yet. I think they've got it still there, but I don't think they've played their worst game of the year yet either. So that's scary, but certainly being more of a Michigan fan, certainly, and since I was a little kid there as well, I would certainly, um, you know, say Michigan's way up there as far as the talent level. Obviously, the coaching situation, everything else—it's all that's a, a complete a question mark. How that ends up affecting the team, you know, you got to get by Maryland, and then. You know, then you get Ohio State at the big house, so they got things pointing in their direction. So I, w- you know, I would certainly say this. Maybe this is their year. Maybe it's not their year. We're going to find out. I, I, you know, it's hard to put a complete uh, finger on it right now, the way everything's been going. But I certainly give them a ton of talent. Florida State, I think that's almost been a team that you, you couldn't say that it's, it's been quiet about them. But you know. I haven't heard quite as much, but Florida state, you know, we don't, we don't know exactly how to put them out there and then Ohio state. The thing about them is I don't think they look quite as talented. I know you have met Marvin Harrison jr. And some good running backs, great defense. So, but you know what? Those kind of teams could be dangerous because maybe they're not making the mistakes. You don't, you know, they had Stroud last year. So, you know, who knows what they what they'll do. They may play their best game. This may be that, you know, they may put it all together. Uh, I hope that, but they might. And then, uh, you know, out of what I've seen of Washington, Pennick, and all that, at quarterback, they're, they're really good as well. Who's to say that they shouldn't be a, a top two, three team, whatever, in the country? And then I, I'm not quite on the Oregon train all the way yet, but certainly they're right up there talent-wise with anybody.
3: I just have two words for both of you. Go green, it's basketball oh my gosh. season. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Jess is just glad that basketball is coming out there, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah, Tom Izzo, man, it'll be a fun year. It always was with them for sure. All right, last but, uh, yeah, last hey, thing I that I have. Oh, go ahead, back to those Magic Tom. Johnson days a little bit. I'll still say that's the most enjoyable basketball I've ever watched in my life. A lot of people are too young to see him play, but I got to say, there's nothing been quite like it. What he used to do at Michigan State, and then obviously with the Lakers, but it was just such a pleasure to watch that guy. It was just—it's almost amazing what he could do for a team. And that's, you know, what, what I really wanted to stress about him. It was all about it about the team. It was just a man. And since then, obviously, they've had a, a ton of success.
2: All right, last thing I have, uh, Todd. We just have a couple of minutes here. I need to go to break. Uh, I wanted to ask you about Semo Sports. Obviously, it's been a little bit of a disappointing year for Semo Football. They're playing in their, their final game. Uh, today against Bryant um, obviously injuries affecting them but just kind of your overall outlook on them and then what's your thoughts on SEMO basketball men and women and how far can they go
4: well as far as the football one it just seems like they came in with a lot of talent a lot of guys obviously back and Paxton DeLorent and then the injury happened uh, Gino Hess uh, certainly back Flournoy I could go on and on Um, And it just seems like some years it just doesn't come together. And Coach Tuke, I have no problem with the program and where they're going and what he's done. Uh, I I, I think the program's fine as long as he stays there and and what they'll do. They'll make adjustments. Um, The mistakes, they'll obviously – is it the kind of players, some of the players that are coming in as far as are they just too emotional – trying too hard sometimes with some of the penalties and, and late game stuff or, or you know you just make some adjustments it, and it for one reason or another it just didn't seem to all come together some of it was just some bad luck late turnovers certainly hurt them and uh, it just didn't it didn't you know go at the end and maybe it just their time ran out obviously a couple of you know OVC titles and all that in a row you're doing all these things. And it just didn't work out you know and now next year you got you got a defense led by, you know, Bryce Norman. I think they got some good still some good players and if they're gonna be heavy recruiting, I think they'll be fine. And I think they'll build off of this. So I don't see any problem. As far as basketball goes, Brad Korn, you don't have to look any, you know, further than him and, and certainly, you know, with the players like Smart and Early, Branson, Larson, guys that were there, they got a ton of newcomers and I don't know about you guys, but and I the biggest one that I see. And my wife's a huge UK fan. She went to Kentucky, and Kentucky is just a prime example. Early in the year, everybody will say, or maybe ten, fifteen games in, what's wrong with Kentucky? What's wrong with Kentucky? They're terrible. You know, people get all worried about them. Well, you got to give a team time to gel. Now, I, I'm not saying there's not any reason for concern, but hey, there's a long way to go in the season and how those pieces come together. And I know you look at Brad Korn, he's going to be working every day with that team. And you, know, you can't make any guarantees they're going all the way to the tournament or not. But I think they'll they'll be a real factor in the whole thing by the end. And I think Rika Patterson with the women's team really liked her team going into, season, into the season and the kind of players she has, the attitude. And uh, I think there's certainly some reason for optimism there as well they got some good returners, and she seems to be as happy with that as we've seen. So I could keep going for a little while, but I'm going to hold back. I know you're getting toward a break.
2: Yeah, well, Todd, I, I appreciate it. Thanks so much for your time today. And uh, just your last words here. I know time is ending with uh, Jess Todd. I know he made a, his announcement through social, social media yesterday about uh, uh, leaving KFS-12. And so just I uh, want to get your final thoughts on you know
4: your work with Jess. Well, I'll tell you what, I, you know, hadn't really, didn't really know much about Jess or anything. And when he, when he started, I you know was, was optimistic, uh, met him kind of at El Sol. We met for a lunch and I said, man, I, I like this guy, you know, but you know, we'll see how it goes. And, and since then, I mean, I don't think Jess has ever had a bad day. I, I, you know, he's almost, he's almost about as close as you can come to the, uh, the perfect employee. He goes above and beyond. He's almost given me a heart attack a few times, but he always gets his stuff in in time. I'm just, just can laugh about that on the show, but <laughs> I'm telling you between uh, effort, talent, and uh, just the overall attitude, I, you know, I, I couldn't ask for any more. I mean, the, the, the guy is a machine. So, you know, um, you know, so I, obviously Jess is, we'll really talking more, but you know, we're getting down to the final days, but his future is going to be great. And I'll, I will be, always grateful because what i'll take with me more than anything on the job will be those relationships and the teamwork that we've had on those friday nights and uh you know it, it just kind of goes with you so you know it's um it, it's something i'll never forget and the man has uh definitely been one to remember uh and been a hall of famer as i mentioned earlier as far as kf is he's done a great job
3: well todd i gotta i get to learn from a legend every day That's so right. i made it easy thanks for uh for making this such a fun ride and uh, I've loved every second of it. And I think we, uh, we have the best name combo in Southeast Missouri sports. So <laughs> thanks for, uh, for bringing me on for this. It's been so much fun. And like you said, we'll, we'll be able to talk more over the next coming days, but I uh, couldn't think of anybody else to, uh, any anybody better to have on for last show here on CMO ESPN.
4: All right. Well, thanks Jess and Rusty. You guys are awesome. And thanks for having me.
2: You bet. Thanks so much, Todd. We'll do it again.
4: All right. We will. Catch you later.
2: All right. See you. All right. All right. That is the one and only Todd Richards. We'll take a quick break. Be back. You're listening to the SEMO Scramble on SEMO ESPN. All right. Legends never die. That's right. Uh, Jess Todd is a legend, and we appreciate his time here on the SEMO Scramble. We do have a a caller here on the, the, the phone lines to check in. So who do we got, and what do you want to talk about?
5: Hi there. It's uh, Kristen Todd from Foxborough, Mass. I just had a question for Jeff Todd if he had some time.
3: <laughs> maybe. maybe <laughs> we might have to cut this one short. <laughs> yeah, your,
5: your hometown boys, uh, they're having a, a pretty horrible season. Arguably the worst one since you were born. I'm just curious if you have any thoughts on how the rest of the season will play out. And maybe any predictions on coaching changes. I know Todd brought that up, so I'll start off with Go Green. As a Spartan alum. I know this would be tough for you to swallow. Any thoughts on uh, possible Harbaugh as the replacement? <laughs> well
3: it's not it's not normal that I'm not the one I'm on the receiving end of the go green. So I guess we have to give the go white response there. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess uh for for all of us, Mom, we're not used to the whole or at least my age, we're not used to competing for draft picks instead of playoff spots. So that's an interesting spot to be in for the uh for the old Pats, huh?
5: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's it's tough times around here. You were spoiled, you know, with the record that we had for a while. So I guess it's time we're we're paying our dues for sure.
3: Yeah, but also spoiled here, obviously. Good people all around. We get to have Todd on the show. You got to come on for the last go around here on the CMO Scramble. So thanks for uh, for coming on. How about it?
5: Yeah. So again, I found a big poster board in your room this morning. Ironically. It was from high school, I think, a high school swim meet. And it said, if you want to come in second place, follow Jeff Todd. <laughs> and I think that still stands true. You bring your magic, magnetic energy and strength and communities everywhere you go. I'm so proud of you. You know I am your forever fan of the week. Um, enjoy all the accolades and the wishes that you get this week. <laughs> They're just so, so well-deserved. Thanks, Ma.
3: I love you. That was a, of course, that I was a good time. Too. The uh, I feel like we always talk about it, the swim meets were always the most fun, so um, don't get to cover swimming as much, but it's always hits close to home, and it, it brings back all those memories. So, yeah, that I can't believe you kept that poster board.
5: I found it under your bed, truth be told. A little dusty, <laughs> but, hey, I'm keeping it now, yeah. Um, yeah, well, enjoy the week. I know, um, you know, you got a lot of nice things to say. It was nice to hear Todd and all the accolades Hall of Famer being tossed around. That was kind of fun for the station. It must have made you feel pretty good.
3: Oh, Todd's the Hall of Famer. I mean, right. <laughs> the I think the legends never die. We should have thrown for Todd's intro <laughs> instead.
5: Yeah. Yep. Well, am I officially the last guest of the show?
3: Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> How could we well, end it any other way? It's you, an you honor. You snuck it Honestly, in. On it's me. an
5: honor. I appreciated the the opportunity and the and the outreach. So I'll leave you two to it, and you know, again, Jeff, enjoy all the moments.
3: Well, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. And, uh,
5: of course.
3: I'm glad that I got – you are you are the fan of the week. You're my fan of the week forever, so. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, I'll take that and run with it. All right. Thanks All right. again. I love
3: you. I'll talk take to you care. in a little
2: bit. All right. How about that? That is Jess Todd's mom, <laughs> Christian Todd, able to come on here. And I'm sorry, Jess. I was – you asked me, like, who was that that called? I'm like, I couldn't – I didn't know what to say. I didn't know – I'm not a very good liar, obviously. And I was like, I don't know. Somebody want to talk about Jackson football? I don't know. <laughs> Were you surprised at all that she – I mean, you probably figured it out then me, you know,
3: messing it up there in, in between. But Oh, she said one word, and I knew who it was. And yeah. I was like, all right, this is pretty special. That that hit me in the feels the, the second I heard her voice. So – um She's probably still listening. So thanks, mom, for coming on again. Uh, that meant a lot. So, uh, but also the show has has meant a lot. So I know it was kind of your brainchild, Rusty, back in uh, in early spring. I would say um, you kind of started throwing this idea around of putting the show together. Um, you you do a great job with um, this the the radio calls and um, streaming for a bunch of different schools in the area. So uh, with everything that I was doing at KFBS, we just kind of wanted to to put a bigger platform together. Um, obviously, um, our our space on KFES Sports and Heartland Sports is limited. We only get a certain number of time, certain amount of time every day. We go out and shoot all these interviews, all these highlights. And if you if you shoot 20 minutes worth of footage, you might get a minutes worth of that actually on the air. So the whole idea of it was let's open up everything that we are shooting within that time period, and then you picking up on all the stories of the games that you call. And I feel like we've um, we've tried to, to just kind of let everybody in on that spotlight, so many different people. I mean, we've talked about everything from esports to, uh, like, swimming for Cape Central. So the fact that we've been able to do all of that um, ha- has really been special. So uh, thank you for that opportunity. Um, I've, I've loved every second of it. Um, I'm going to miss the area. Uh, never thought growing up that I would be living in southeast Missouri, that's for sure, being from New England. But uh, this place has, has meant a lot to me. It's been really special um, it's it's mostly because of all the people the uh, southeast Missourians uh, as as I've learned <laughs> to say correctly I should add um, you gonna bring some of that southern drawl back <laughs> with you I'm I'm gonna try that's for sure uh, get some yalls in there <laughs> when I say wicked and yall in the same sentence I'm really gonna <laughs> to blow some pops off people so that'll be interesting but yeah the the people here have have been so welcoming so I just want to say thank you to to everybody for for that and and being so amazing. It's it's always going to hold a special place in my heart. So,
2: Jess, man, I I really appreciate you. First of all, you know, you joining us and deciding to do it. And um, obviously uh, you're not doing it for the pay, but uh, I know that you pour your heart and soul in this area. And there's believe me, there are so many people that are going to miss you. I know that you've made such a big impact on this area and with uh, coaches and players and fans and you name it um you're you're special man and like i said you've made a big impact uh, made an impact on me and hopefully we can uh, continue on on our friendship and I, I appreciate the time and again just your your passion for uh for people for local sports and and uh all that you've done so um again wanted to have Kristen on i thought it would be neat and uh enjoyed that as well of course you know having todd on your the last show so again if you haven't figured it out yet this this will be uh just todd's last show here on the semo scramble uh now the show's not ending i will carry it on we'll have an announcement later on uh with another co-host joining joining us at some point but uh again just wanted to throw that out there so show's not ending but uh again we are going to miss for sure Jess todd and um
3: Again, he's been a big bright spot here in the area. You said if we stay in touch, I, I don't know if you're going to lose my number or something. But I don't hey, think on, we got to worry about that <laughs> on
2: on Michigan and Michigan State game day, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. That's, I guess
3: that's the uh, the one caveat there.
2: <laughs> uh, I don't know, Jess. Uh, we we'll wrap it up here. Uh, just any other things that you want to say to say to the people
3: out there. I it's tough to put it into like a 30 second um like quick thing um wednesday is going to be my last broadcast on kfps um so the 10 o'clock show will be my last broadcast me and todd will get to work together um and one thing that i've really been trying to work on the last couple of days as my like going away um is just some of the really fun interactions that i've had with everybody um, along the way so it's going to be really neat to just kind of dive into that whole thing it's not necessarily going to be um, it's not going to be about me. It's going to be about all the people that I've gotten to meet along the way. And I feel like I tried to put this probably in, in terrible words because I'm not good at goodbyes. Um, a couple minutes, like a, a minute or two ago, um, is, is again, the, it's, it's the people that make everything special, um, about wherever you go in life. And, uh, the people here have been amazing. So, um, I'm going to do my best to kind of encompass that on Wednesday night, um, and, Try okay, what? Uh, what time can we expect that exactly? Heartland Sports for the ten o'clock show usually comes on around ten twenty or so. So that'll be that'll be on on Wednesday. Me and Todd okay. will and just kind of be talking and and saying goodbye. So uh, that'll be really tough. I, it's it's interesting when you start talking and diving into the details about the move and where you're going to go next and everything. You start to kind of get numb to like what's actually happening in front of you. So I feel like over the next couple of days, this one is when it's really going to start to hit home that um, I, I won't be here anymore. And that's when I'll really have a chance to like reflect. Um, it kind of stinks in the moment. It takes a little bit of of time for you to be able to, uh, to put that really into a good perspective. So um, it's the outreach after I put out my kind of announcement, I guess about it being my last week has been unbelievable. Uh, the number of people that have um, have texted, called posted uh, you name it, um, has has really meant a lot. And again, um, it just goes back to the people being so unbelievable here. So um, that's something that uh, I don't know if I'll find anywhere else. So uh, again, just thank you to everybody in in Southeast Missouri. It's it's been amazing. It'll always be special to me, and um, I'll I'll definitely have the chance to come visit over the years. Yeah, so, don't um, be a stranger. Yeah, for for the years to come, whenever I do have the chance to come back, it'll always um, just be nothing but good memories. And, uh, I think tears of joy is, is probably the best way to say it. All right. Well, Jess, again, uh, we're going to
2: miss you, but we know that you're going to have a lot of success in whatever you decide to do. And, uh, it'll, I'm sure, uh, mama's going to be happy, get to see you a little bit more often. And, uh, so that'll be good. But again, appreciate all that you have done and the impact that you have made on the community and definitely, uh, well-deserved all the accolades and well, well wishes. So, Much love to be you. Much love to everybody
3: in Southeast Missouri. So thanks for coming along for the ride. You bet.
2: All right. That is the one and only, the legend, Jess Todd, Rusty Hendricks here on the CMO Scramble. Folks, appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining us. Hope you enjoyed it again today as well. So CMO Scramble here on CMO ESPN. Until next time, we'll catch you later.
1: You've been listening to the SEMO Scramble on SEMO ESPN. Tune in every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 for a dash of hometown drive with Rusty Hendricks and Jess Todd right here on the SEMO Scramble. Yes, don't miss the latest news, scores, and stories that matter most to local sports enthusiasts from the boot heel and beyond. Right here on SEMO ESPN,
4: 1220 a.m., 93.5 FM, the SEMO ESPN app, and at SEMOESPN.com.